eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I'm obviously doing pretty good then for them to try to be a bit more mean with their past and that stuff. Maybe give me another couple of years. Hopefully we get up there with your guys' record. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Title 24, Episode 11, presented by NBC Sports. Uh, I'm Ricky Carmichael. There's Ryan Villapoto. We got a great show for you today. Really excited. We're going to have the 250 West champ. Chet Lawrence on the show a little bit later, so uh, make sure you listen to that. It's going to be good. Always fun to have the Lawrence brothers, but uh, and always good to talk about a champion. But uh, before we get going here on a, what was a wild weekend, got to thank our great partners at uh, United Motorsports, Boxo USA, and of course Quad Lot Case. So uh, we appreciate you guys. And RV, um, you know, I hate that cliche of this is you know anything can happen, but the last two weeks um have have been something that i have never seen ever in my life uh you and i were talking before we we started recording the show i i'm i'm kind of still like i have a hangover from all the events that 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 has taken place and just what's your reaction on denver and eli tomac definitely something that um didn't see coming you know like uh not a crash, um, you know, nothing really, really happened here. Just Eli going over the tabletop and right there, you can see a big, just like a big, uh, just a big G out. And maybe the, he was a little too far back on the balls of his foot, whatever may happened. He, you know, tore his Achilles tendon, which, um, you know, I have never done that. You know, I've heard it's a, it's a pretty, pretty a substantial injury. Um, just a bummer to see. You can't even, you know, we're seeing the replay right here. I can't put pressure on it as he's walking into the Alpine Stars mobile medical unit. And uh, yeah, just unbelievable, to be honest. You know, I mean, we, nice cushion with points leads, points lead coming in. Like there's really not a lot of pressure. He just had to finish and something just crazy and catastrophic like this happens to him. And like, like you said, um, I have never seen anything happen like this in of, of the, of the years of watching and racing myself. It's, it's, it's nuts because you think of a guy like Eli Tomac or yourself or a, a McGrath or, you know, Dunge, it, it's like even, even me for that matter, or, or like you just, it's, it's one of those things you just like, Oh no, this guy's, he's good enough. He's proven enough. They just, you don't make mistakes like that. And it just like, that's why I, I thought that it was Eli's to lose. I'm like, there's no way what happened could have happened. That's why the last two weeks I'm just like, I, I don't have an explanation. I've gotten some, some of my analysis wrong because there's just no rhyme or reason. I don't. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't know if it's uh what question is, is was it a mistake or was it just, 
Was it just something, you know, there's parts of the body like that, that, you know, that just can just give out, you know, or certain little things, you know, lots of, I mean, look, we're, they're putting their bodies, every part of their bodies through, um, you know, here it is right here again, right there. Yeah. Just bottomed out a bit, ankle, just, you know, you're putting their body through a, a, the ringer, right? Week in, yeah. week out, you know? So um, was there a mistake? I don't really know. I'm sitting here watching it again and it, and we have some replay and we've watched it over and over practice laps qualifying laps right there you can see it really zooms in the full extension right there and and you brought something you brought something up like Eli has always been known for riding on the balls of his feet and if you if you listen to some of the coaches they'll tell you I mean that that's proper that's what you want to do and an RV like just just explain to everyone what you think maybe have happened And, and it wasn't a mistake but like his his footing and and what possibly yeah <clears throat> so just as he jumped over the tabletop there single over table um maybe he didn't get the backside exactly what he wanted and it kind of pushed him into the takeoff a little bit harder than normal and potentially he could have been like i know he's he said in a, in a comment in a quote that he made is like i really strength strength that eli has and what he said was his riding on the balls of his feet a lot being able to stand up through turns and things like that and uh Right here, maybe he just hung the rear wheel just off the backside a little bit, a little deep, and it bottomed yeah. the forks out. Along with that, maybe he could have moved his, his ball of his foot forward by a couple millimeters, and that would have saved it. Um, but honestly, yeah. like to, to talk about it like a mistake, I don't see a mistake. Honestly, I don't. Um, I just see a, um, uh, a moment that something catastrophic happens, and, it, and it, 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 he rolled and then doubled again and he looked down in his boot. Like what just happened? I'm sure he was in pain. Um, did I break it, break something in my foot, you know, and come to find out it was Achilles, you know? So, which is not one you really want to do. Um, and I would say definitely not one you want to do it at, at his timing in, in, in his career. Yeah. I, you're, that you're exactly right. And I'm, I don't want to speculate, you know, I did say this on the broadcast RV and I, I like, this is, in my opinion, I would have been thinking like, this is bigger than, okay, first thing, all right, you know, your hose, like, okay, well, there goes my championship. I'm not winning championship. But then you look at life and big picture, like right here. Okay. He knows he's, he's hosed. Hmm. Like can you imagine the emotion right there that's going through, like, is he thinking I'm done for forever? Like, are, do you think, <clears throat> I shouldn't sit here and speculate. I just well, I can I, t- I can put it this way, Ricky. I said, can you imagine if this would have been let's flop this and that would have been ch- in chasing his position first time? Can you imagine first timer? I mean, at least Eli in this position in his career, I'm looking at it from from the standpoint of like, okay, if this is the end all be all, what like and I, like I said, we're not speculating, but let's just say this is what it is, and and uh, I think he goes out happy with a successful career. But if you were chasing this scenario, you'd be completely bummed right first championship on the line and this were to happen something like that right so i think eli's sitting in a great position he's got to go get it really evaluated right get it looked at um go to the best doctors for for something like this um i know football players and you know though it's probably a a common injury in that sport and football i would only think soccer probably too and uh and find the right doctor to see what is the timeline what, what what do we have here you know we um, may as well, we might see him back for sure. You know, more than likely as a racer mentality wise, I'd say he, so you're he's saying he's coming, a, you're saying he's coming back. You have, a good I don't know if I'm saying he's coming back, but I think from our mentality, the way we're all, we all grew up the way where our dads and moms are 
put pressure on us in a good way yeah. to, to always get back. Or maybe, you know what, he's got kids now and he just says, look, I've had a great career. Peace. I'm out. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see to be continued. Yeah. I mean, and it, yeah, no one knows better than he does. So we'll have to wait and see what he says. I mean, listen, from a sports perspective, I'd love to see him come back. Um, and just probably for a peace of mind, that would be great if you could come back to win. I, so we'll see. I mean, like I said, there you go. Star racing, put out a, uh, a post on the gram. Lots of memories look back on to be thankful for these past few seasons. Time to get a, our champ healthy and on the road to recovery. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I just hate it for him. I hate it for, I hate it for Eli. I hate it for his sponsors. I hate it for the sport. I hate it for his family. And I hate it for the fans, you know, especially going into the uh, Pro Motocross Championship. But there's still a lot to look forward to. So that's enough on uh, Eli. Moving along to uh, Chase Sexton. I mean, hey, right place at the right time. You got to be in it to win it. And man, what a plot twist. I couldn't, you know, we talk about the emotions. Uh, before we go to our sound on tape, what's your initial reaction on Chase? and uh his performance there just just how he was riding well you know i think um you know we've had lots of talks about here he's making the pass on on uh, ac here but we, there's been lots of talks all season about chase you know mistakes little mistakes ending up on the ground putting himself in bad positions and things like that but you know he uh he said this before in press conferences in the past i just need to stick with it you know i need to stick with this and uh he ultimately you know figured it out and has kept himself in this position where you know um 16 16 down and then we have a catastrophic injury like this from Eli and now he's sitting there with the points lead so um you know we still have one race left to go but but I think he's done a phenomenal job with just with sticking in it that's as a racer that's the only thing you really can do right is just yeah keep pushing totally. forward working on the motorcycle working on yourself figuring out mm -hmm. trying to figure out what the problem is, but not overanalyzing it either. I think a lot of people yeah. overthink it and really like start, start making, not making things up, but really kind of start pulling at straws that really aren't there. And uh, I think he's done a really good job at that is not getting into a tailspin chase has and, and just trying to execute what he knows, what he needs to do and, and, and work on the bike. So the team's obviously, you know, made him a little more comfortable or found a setting or found something um, that, that is, that he's able to go out and ride the way he wants to ride, but also just sticking with it. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. We have, um, we have some sound on tape from the champion elect. Uh, let's get his take on it. It definitely was not easy at all. I, I've said before, it's, it's tough to even when those were going on to even go on my, go on my phone, um, just between people texting me, trying to help or everyone having their own opinions on what, what my problem was. And then going on Instagram, social media, just seeing the comments and it was just, it was tough. Honestly, it, it kind of weighed a toll on me and I got a little bit negative middle of that season. And some of those crashes I think were caused just by being negative and not having confidence in myself knowing that I can win these races and I think just having that break after uh, Seattle having another crash while leading I needed something just to clear my head I didn't ride really at all that week I didn't train I just told myself I got I need a break and then I went <clears throat> hung out in uh, Santa Barbara uh, where my trainer is and I just kind of reset and came back to some testing 
And from here on out, it's been super solid. Those those race wins definitely help the confidence. And uh, yeah, it's just you gotta you gotta push through that. Like I said, when the when that stuff was going on, you gotta try and stay positive. And I knew I could dig myself out of it, and it was just a matter of time. Yeah, totally. I think, and back to what I was mentioning about tailspin, like being in a position like that, it didn't happen once. It didn't happen twice. It didn't happen three times. It was like four and five times that this had happened. He created that monster. (laughs) He did, right? So like good on him and the team to keep him from from getting into a tailspin and just trying to reinvent the wheel because uh, we've had people in the industry in the past, you know, um, and probably still today that it was like they're just pulling at strings and it's not, it's never their fault. It's always something else. Right. So, um, I think he didn't deviate to very too far from what, you know, where he had the speed and, and the comfort, comfort he has, he was comfortable on the motorcycle and things like that. He just had to work uh, maybe a little bit on the motorcycle and maybe a, uh, a bit more up in his head. And, um, you know, he was able to just to get away, get a clear mind and come back and, and he kept think, himself in it. Yeah. I think it was Atlanta. RV where he was talking about about things that he changed and he he started to focus on the last 10 laps rather than the first 10 laps. And if that's what he's been doing, I think, I think he was talking about it like during the week or something prepping. You remember that? You're right. I I started worrying about the last 10 and dude, ever since then, what he's won four out of the last seven races. So that's great for him. And you know, this better than anyone, when you know where you need to work, that's when you can start improving. You have to know where the problem is to fix it. He, ever since he's done that, he's been great minus, I mean, at the mud race, I really don't count that as a real race. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's a real race, but, you know, not. not yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And so great job, Chase. And, and it, you know, even though everyone was tough on him, you know, at the beginning of the series, it's so cool to see him be able to turn it around it is so hard. You've done it. We've all, we, we've done it. It's, it's really hard to do that. Really, really hard to do that. So great job. But um, we got some sound on tape and he talks about his situation and the championship and, and, and how he has become the champion because listen, I, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it. There's no shot. Eli is, is turning up at Salt Lake. So no, I, I will, <laughs> I will, I will back you on that one. Zero chance. <laughs> I, I didn't think you, you don't gonna... ride off the track that way, obviously in that much pain. Um, yeah. You know, you just, and, and can't even put pressure on it walking into the Asterix mobile medical. And you I think you're going to come back in five days. I mean, anything can happen, I guess. I mean, it's, it is what it is, but I mean, I would bet, I would bet that that's not happening. <laughs> I would have bet you that what happened to Tomac this weekend was wasn't going to happen. happen. So. <laughs> but yeah. I, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, unless something happens to Chase during the week, there's no there's no reason for uh, for Eli to show up at this point. It's a pretty substantial injury he has. But uh, the champ elect gave us his thoughts and what he thinks about the championship. I mean, yeah, it hasn't really sank in, and um, I don't know. It's like I said, you don't ever know until you get to the last race. I didn't I haven't heard anything, obviously. So um, it's just yeah, I've. <laughs> obviously been saying that it's just never over till it's over and um it's 17 races so it's it's tough to see Eli go out like that like I said and um yeah it's 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 definitely a little bit weird um coming in being so far down and just hope not hoping that anything would go wrong but hoping I just go out there and put my best foot forward and win these last few races and see what happened and uh yeah I guess really the mindset stays the same but we'll see um in the coming week what what goes on and 
Um, yeah, well, I don't know. I don't really know how, what to say at this point. Yeah, no, I think it's um, he's sitting in, in a great position, you know, and I on on the verge of winning his his very first, you know, four fifty championship. And um, hey, tell him like tell 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 our listeners and viewers like what we're talking about off air and the emotion that he's going through like right now. Probably wasn't going there to expect to win the championship. Yeah, anything can happen, whatever. But like, explain to everyone like what he's what you would be feeling in his situation right there. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's probably a little overwhelming, um, right. Coming off the track and, and then, you know, first of all, it's, 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 it's awesome. He just, you know, he's got a good up on the podium, just took the win. Didn't really know what happened to Eli. Right. Cause that was all behind him. Um, you know, and, and, uh, or seen him pull off the track, you know, so got the win there. So he's excited about all that. And then come to find out, Hey, Eli's out and all the, there's a, then there's a whole, bunch of different emotions and and part of it was probably like right on like not right on that he's hurt but right on like we, we can win this thing now and then the other part of it's probably you know not wanting to win a championship this way either you know so um doesn't matter they all go down in the books the exact same um but there might be a little bit of an asterisk next to this one but it is what it is you know the the, the checks cash the same that's I, right you gotta I, be I wouldn't, you gotta be yeah, I wouldn't be switching any other, you know, if that were me in that scenario, I'd be like, yeah, it, it, it is what it is. I, I cash, maybe your couple, the, cash your couple, cash your couple. Yeah, exactly. I, maybe I wasn't the best guy I, or I was as good as Eli, but made, made way too many mistakes on my shoulders. But in the end of the season, I ended up winning. And like I said, those, those checks cash the same. So, um, mm. yeah, the emotion side of it, like you can see, he's a little bit like almost unsure, like, you know, yeah. quite, you know, trying to figure out like, holy cow, this really just happened, you know? And, and then that's starting to probably set in on him. Like 40, you know, now it's, yeah. now it's almost, like, almost like too, almost too good to be true. So technically for everyone listening and watching, here's, here's the scenario. Kenny's too far back. Uh, Webb is too far back. They are mathematically eliminated. If Chase didn't show up, and Eli didn't show up. So get that off the table. So it's a bit between those two guys and we're going to role play. So if Sexton didn't show up and Eli didn't show up, the race, uh, the championship would go to Sexton because he has the points advantage. Okay. So that's why they're pretty much saying that uh, Sexton is, is our champion elect because mm-hmm. Eli's not showing up for all intents and purposes because of his injury. If something happened and, and, you know, like has never happened ever and in, in, on planet earth and he got his Achilles fixed or went there and casted up his ankle and somehow was able to ride and, and Sexton didn't ride, he would have to earn seven points. Then they would tie on points and Eli would win because he would uh, break the tiebreaker. He has more wins. Now more wins. we've seen some crazy stuff happened the last two weeks but this is really going out uh on a limb here so it is uh, it's just a crazy crazy story man like like uh we were talking about it earlier and it's been 20 years since um you know honda's gonna win a premier class right from you know you rc that was with you you know so that's it's i mean i don't know i guess i don't think i'm that old right here you are right here yeah salt Salt lake Lake city 2002, that was uh, the first time Honda had won a Supercross championship since uh, MC. So, man, that was a a great night. 
Um, I was so excited and I didn't think I was going to win the championship that year because I, uh, I busted it, busted it pretty hard at the season opener in Anaheim and, and had to limp along. But, um, David Bielman ended up getting hurt for, uh, Daytona. So we were able to put, close the points gap up, but that was a special night, special for the team. Um, but moving along was, to, so I see, hang what? on one second. I see over here. Largest comeback in history. So is that the one that had the step up into a set of whoops and LaRocco ran you over? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's the one. That's Dude. the one. I was trying to explain it to explain it to Aaron on the show the other day and he's like, I yeah. don't know which one that is. Yeah, okay, yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a yeah, that, that was, was a nasty crazy. one. It came out of nowhere. But um Adam Cianciarulo, heck of a ride. Uh I love his honesty and listen, it's kind of like Kind of like uh, Chase Sexton is you got to be in it to win it. These guys are in it. All the other guys have had issues, some of them by their own fault. Uh, but just I always love his emotion. Um, he's a great, great, great kid. Um, he's, he's one of those guys you just you just can't not like him. He's real with himself. He doesn't make excuses. And uh, what do you think? Like, where are you at? Where are you at with AC? before we roll yeah before so we I've, I've spent i you know i i think I've, I've spent a lot of time with ac from amateur as he was still on a super mini and then when he first started riding supercross so i i am uh you know quite fond of of ac and and um you know dealing with a lot of you know he's really had his career as a whole has had a lot of injuries you know and and uh it is par for the course of our sport he's just been one of more of the unlucky ones and now he's dealing with something in his, his arm, a nerve deal, you know, so I heard he's supposed to try to get some different treatment coming up this next week um, and things like that. Stem but, cell. Uh, stem cell. Yeah, stem cell. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, hopefully that, you know, kind of can clear everything up completely, right? So, yep. but watching and, and getting to see the emotion after, you know, getting that podium, you know, it's been a long time coming for him. And, uh, you know, it's – he just keeps – clicking away working at it you know i think he's he's uh you know we got a soundbite we can go ahead and listen to you know i think it's it, it is really cool to see you know like he's been working very hard at it i'm lost for words um this last couple years is has taught me a lot taught me a lot about myself and um i'm gonna be honest with you i i, I wasn't sure if i would ever be up here again and obviously Got a bit of a gift there with Eli. I'd hate to see somebody go out like that. I hope he's okay. Um, and Ken and Chase were riding great. I just wanted to take it home. That was the longest 20 minutes of my life. Um, man, I just can't. <laughs> hate to be that guy, but I just, I can't, <laughs> I can't say enough good things about the people around me that believed in me when nobody else did. Um, I believed in myself. I fought every day. I'm going to keep fighting. Uh, man, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Thank you, everybody. Um, they say a, a winner is just a loser that kept trying. This one's for all the losers out there. Oh, that was a, yeah, that was a great interview. That was a great interview, you know? Dude. Um, so really show the emotion. I, man. I have a question Um, before I have a question for you. Uh, but first, let's recognize Ken Roxon and an epic ride uh, falling down dead last. Again, listen, it's not a stacked field, but still hard to do that. I, I was Kenny was in a great place. So like, dude, he's messing with me on some inside stuff we have going on. 
just uh, about about old times and um, and some people that we've worked with together. He's texting me like after his heat race and all that stuff during the broadcast. But I felt like that was that was some of the best writing that he's done all year long. Outside no, of outside of everyone being gone. Yeah, I mean, dude, any gone or not, you gotta, you still have all the other guys who still have to come through. Okay, yeah, you had a few others that you didn't have to come through, but putting her down in the first turn is no easy feat to come back um, and and make up the make up the difference. It may have been a little bit easier for this particular weekend because maybe a little, a little bit of the track layout. I was at altitude, so a lot of you know anybody outside the top ten probably. Bikes aren't as good as obviously the factory bikes. So there's a bigger disadvantage there. Obviously fitness is going to be a bigger disadvantage there. So he probably was able to make up some, some pretty good moves a bit quicker than he would, you know, uh, at another specific, another race. Um, but as for coming from last up to third um, or second, you know, that was pretty impressive. Like yeah. bike must be working on... well. Yeah, yeah. The bikes, you know, I mean, that whole team, the you gotta, yeah, you got to give it up to that whole team, right? Like, I mean, we've talked about it before on the show. These guys basically put a program together with a snap of a finger after the Honda thing had, had went south. And it was like, where are we going to end up, right? Where's Kenny going to end up? And then, you know, it was uh, over there with, with pipes and, and they put yeah. that program together. And like I said, pretty quick. So they've done a phenomenal job racing against these factories that, uh, that have been around for many, many years. Yeah, um, I, I have a question for you. So, and, and I talked about this on on the broadcasts, um, and I want to I want to know your thoughts. A guy like Adam Cianciarulo, who was a phenomenal amateur rider, he was great in his early pro years. Yeah, he had some injuries, but he had speed. He knew how to win. He in, eventually comes back and redeems himself after he lost the Supercross Regional Championship in Vegas and and wins the Outdoor Pro Motocross Championship 250 class. Do you feel a guy like that who knows, knew how to win as a young kid, knew how to win at the professional level, even though he has had a lot of injuries as of late the last couple of years, now that he's starting to run up front and he has the pace, do you think that once he learns that feeling, he can get back to where he can be on the podium and, and fight for wins? Or do you think that he's had too many injuries? Like I think if – yeah, you know, I think if we if AC is what say one hundred percent, you know, uh, healthy, um, you know, the like you said, the kid knows how to win. The kid knows how to race. He's got pretty good race craft. I do think feelings, that you know the winning feelings. You know, yes, yeah, yeah. I do think that if AC is one hundred percent healthy um, and just he can ride to like he just rode out there at uh, you know Colorado, um, I definitely see we we see him up on the podium. I don't know if we see AC like championship for uh, in the 450 class, but I I by no means do not count him out for seconds, thirds, some wins. But as for as a, a championship, not 100 percent sure about that. I can't answer on that. I'd love to see it, but um, don't know about that. But I do think that knowing from him because he's been he's been in this rut for so long. So here's the I think the kicker for me is like. Like he stayed in it. He stayed with it with all the adversity, with all the hard times that he's had, with all the injuries, like he still never gave up. Right. So now that he sees the end of the light and sees a light at the end of the tunnel, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you can keep this, getting this thing better, getting the arm better, getting that nerve better, and it's finally done, um, and he gets say a season. Let's get it. Let's get a whole year under your belt that you, with no injuries at that point. I do think that we see him up inside the top five every single weekend before yeah. he's done. That's I, I felt the same thing. That's why I was like, man, I wonder what RV thinks of that. That's that is perfect. Uh, before we get to our quad lock question of the week, real quick, I want to touch on uh, RJ Hampshire and Kitchen. That was a hell of a battle. Uh, I do. I think that that was the best that I've seen RJ ride. And what I mean by that is like when I watch him, he sends it. There's no doubt about that. He rides that edge uh, a lot like I did. Um, you, mm. you were comfortable riding that edge as well. But RJ, I mean, he, he goes for it. But when I watched him this weekend, he didn't look like he had those little bobbles and like where the tire would slip much compared to what he normally does. He just looked really sound and really spot on and comfortable on that bike what like what do you think about that ride? i do agree i think what the biggest thing i saw was he was closing in on on levi and then uh got up next to him and levi held his line they didn't touch or anything and then he he i almost felt like he could have stayed on the track and like dead the jump that double yeah. but he, he hit neutral up, oh he is that neutral. what it was yeah yeah okay. yeah he hit neutral yeah so okay so you know yeah coming up right here uh levi makes a little mistake and then RJ was able to get around him. And then right here, he must yeah. say, yeah, neutral, yeah. <laughs> saves it. And I think right now is, is in, our, in uh, like uh, RJ in his position. And what I've seen in the past is the wheels fall off, right? Like I have to get back up and then he goes down again. So I think wh what I see here is the maturity, the, the, the be becoming a better racer, even though he like rides on the edge, which I always, that's how I was. That's how you were. Yeah. Um, it gets the job done. Yeah. Um, I prefer to see guys ride like that because it's, it's exciting. Yeah. Um, but he's always had mistakes with that. So like that right there to me was, uh, I think a big growing, a big spot where he grew right there because I think that would perfect scenario to go down again, put yourself in a bad position, heart rate at the spike and try to come back, but he didn't, he held it together and just plugged away, plugged away and then sucked Levi up actually really quick he once did. he got back to, you know, back to ground level. It was cool. The nice that, and as you know, it's like so. That's a nice boost going into the showdown. So I think you, I think he'll be for sure a contender this weekend at Salt Lake for the for the East West Showdown. That's always fun. Quadlock question of the week. All right, it's from Bo Hero. This is your uh, Instagram handle. We appreciate you uh, reaching out and to collect on your uh, quad lot case and all your goodies slide into the DM. You know, the, you know, the deal, you listen to RV and I every week. We appreciate that. Bohiro asks, do you think Roxon looks at chase and thinks he made a mistake going to Suzuki because he had a great season. And maybe if he stayed on Honda and worked on the bike, he would be in the championship fight. Take it away, bro. Um, I do not think he looks at that as a mistake. I think that the Honda, the Honda and Kenny thing had ran its course. I think that the Kenny was, was pr looking for something different. Maybe he didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Um, I think it was a, it was um, a good change. I didn't, yeah, that's a good change. Uh, I, he was looking for something different. I don't know if they had an idea of what that was going to be. Um, but I do think that, that the change has in now that it's panned out, we've seen the success that the team has and, and that what they've had with Kenny. I do think that he's, he's probably happier where, where he's at right now. I think that it's that at Honda, 
Kenny and Honda had ran his course and it was, it was on the way out in my opinion. Yep. A hundred percent. The, uh, the relationship had gone, uh, had, had turned bad. Kenny was ready to go. So I agree with you 100%. Now I want to, I, I want to share this because I've been in this spot, RV, you, you obviously ran your whole course and your whole career at Cowie. Uh, yeah. but in 2004, <laughs> and we've told this story a million times of like, I wanted to stay at Honda and they just, they weren't meeting the marks on some other things like financially and all that crap that I was asking for. But I loved that CRF 450. I thought it was a great bike. And I knew that if I was going to re-sign with Honda, I was going to be on that bike for 2005. And man, dude, honestly, straight up, I loved it. And I don't know what bike that you, you've raced throughout your professional career. Where you're like, man, I just really, really, really love this bike. So once I had signed my Suzuki contract and have never ridden a Suzuki ever in my life, I was a little, I was, I was like bittersweet, dude, because I yeah. knew I'm like, oh my gosh, I am leaving an absolute gym. This bike is so good. It was almost like, uh, yeah, it was the best bike I've ridden. Um, so Chase Sexton looks pretty darn comfortable. He's been, they've been testing, getting it, getting it by, getting it better. Do you ever like, do you think Chase could get to that point to where, He's like, man, this thing's pretty good. Honda's busted their tail to get it just right for me. Do you think there's a point right here where he could be thinking like, dude, maybe I shouldn't have, have went with KTM? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you little buyer's remorse maybe. That's um, dude. And I can speak from it because I was there. Like I had signed my Suzuki contract. And like I said, I was bittersweet. I'm like, I can't believe I'm leaving this bike right here because I know it would be a darn good year. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think there could be a little buyer's remorse there, you know, on that. But I also think that, um, you know, you didn't have anybody that you were competing against directly head to head, uh, say, as your teammate. Right. So yeah. in Chase's position, we know we have Jet moving up and we know we have Hunter moving up, too. We don't know exactly when, but he is going to be moving to that 450 spot. So honestly, I think if you're if you're Chase, uh, I think there's probably like, hey, man, I wish I, I would have liked to stayed, but I already know what's in the pipeline. It's it's really – it's probably not as bad as it was for you, I, I, I guess, because, um, you know, with like I said, with Hunter yeah. and Jet coming up, you know, I think that we all know that, that that's – they're kind of the golden goose, right, both yep. of them. And, they are. And, and it, nothing again – take nothing away from Chase. It is what it is. Those, those, those boys right now um, – are on another level marketing for marketing purposes, for interview purposes. I mean, there's nothing that they're not doing right right now. They've so earned it. They've earned it. They've earned it every step of the way. Right. So you can't look at them and be like, okay, well, you know, uh, you know, kind of be like, man, these guys, I'm just, yeah, it is what it is. I think that, that he, he has to make that switch. I think he does. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. I would have been bummed. That's for sure. I was bummed. I'm sure he is bummed. Complete buyer's yeah. remorse. But yeah, for and I wasn't even thinking of that. Like that's why I love your your vision on that. Yeah, you're right. I wasn't worried about another teammate coming up or anything, and it would be tough. Yeah, to how's that just, dynamic, right? The oh. dynamic with 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 Honda. Um, you know, obviously with with Jet and Hunter being brothers and the success they've had, Honda's going to want to keep them together. They're the most marketable guys out there right now, rightfully so. Nothing against Chase, but I think that 
know, let's hope that the the KTM suits him as good or better because um, I'd love to see him come out and, and be able to fire on all cylinders right away with on that motorcycle, right? Um, and 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 put the put those two boys uh, a run for their money, right? On, on the right. Honda. So I mean, it's gonna be a great. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil story if he can do that it's gonna be phenomenal before we get to uh we get to jet um a little a little topic and we could talk forever on this is you know a lot of people on online and in, in the chat board chat rooms talking about like what what's different like what why are there so many injuries and i would love to get your insight on what you think uh, your initial reaction would be to why are all these guys going down and, you know, people trying to point fingers and all oh, the tracks are this, the bikes are this or blah, blah, blah. There's too much racing. And I think, and, and I want you to hear me out with this is you look at how many races there are. Okay. Everyone we're, we're not racing many more races. If you count all the, the side hustle uh, money and races that the guys go do after the the championship here. Um, we're all it, it's it's very close to when I race to when you race when McGrath raced all those guys. So that's pretty much the same. Uh, the tracks I don't feel I think the outdoor I think the motocross tracks are a little bit faster in general. There's not as many tight corners, especially like a, a red butt. I love red butt, but you go watch some footage from '97 '98. It's much much tighter. Mm. But the biggest thing is I think is the speeds of the motorcycles, like a 450. When I, when I, how fast they are, you don't realize how fast they are until you hop on a 252 stroke. Like when I ride, when I would ride, when I would ride my RM250, I was blown away at how slow it was compared to a 450. I'm like, dude, this thing was the bike of its field in 2005. And now like, dude, that thing is, it is so slow. And the one, so the, the bikes have gotten faster, but the one thing that has never changed is gravity. So my opinion is, is I don't think it's the tracks. I don't think it's the schedule. I just think the biggest thing that's changed are the speeds. I agree. You're hitting everything so much faster. And I've done straight rhythm on two strokes. I actually raced a uh, KX250 
as an amateur because they didn't have a 450, not to mention I was a been too small for it anyways. But uh, I had to race a 250F and then a 252 stroke for, for the 250 class because that's all they had. And, and um, you go and, and I can relate to straight rhythm because you come right out of, you know, your current day 450s and then um, you pop on, say, hey, let's go race straight rhythm. And then you go and ride those things in Supercross. And it, it's, it's literally night and day different. Um, I mean, Mitch built me a fire breathing YZ 250 and right. it can't it hold a candle to a stock 450. No, I mean, it's not even in the same ballpark. Right. Um, to put that even to better perspective, a good 250F, not a factory 250F, but a good 250F um, to my YZ 250, the 250F is probably better than, than a YZ 250. So um, at that, you know, so yes, I believe it's speed. I don't think it has to do with, with yeah, do you think it's the tracks? Do you think it's the schedule? It's, like what? It's not the tracks. It's not the schedule. To, like I have to, I'm going to agree that it's, it's the speed. And I think that you got to, like we were talking about speed, Eli's specific scenario right here. If that was put him on a 250 F or put him on a 252 stroke right there, he's going to, he's going to be going over the table to actually probably the line of choice would have been on off. Because right. going over, there's no way a 252 stroke is going to triple that up to the next one. So he would have been on off and then and went uh, finished out the combination that way. Yeah. Um, once again, a 450 coming up before the finish line this weekend. The the, the either the wall tabletop or if yeah. you wanted to double that double that thing before the finish line, um, hitting that wall jump. Hitting that on a 252 stroke, probably six miles an hour slower, five miles an hour slower. Um, it's just a whole different way of riding a motorcycle. And, and then also how much faster those those 450s are. So honestly, it just comes down to power. What do they do about it? There's nothing you really can do about it. It's just our sport. It's like right every time we get out there, we know the risk. It's like the bull riders. Do you think those bull riders are like, hey, man, I, I, I'm scared of doing this. It's in their blood. It's what we do. I mean, right. it sucks. It, yeah. it, it, it does. It sucks to have guys get hurt and, yeah. and uh, we're in this, you know, call it dangerous sport, but it's also a sport everybody loves. Yeah. I'm with you. So, and that's the thing. It's like we were talking off air here and it's like, uh, and this is a, this is going to be a great topic after, after this weekend, Salt Lake. So everyone tune in next week, title 24, cause we can get in more to the weeds of, of what, what, rvni's thoughts are but that's my what what i think it a lot of it is uh, you know outside of everyone else's what they think it is and too many races blah blah, blah. <clears throat> but, to uh, your, but all right but to your point yeah. about the outdoors you know like i can remember going to high point um i first started riding high point and a lot of off camber steel city a lot of off cambers a lot of tight sections but now you go back to high point now and it's very 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 high speed so I do not think it's the tracks necessarily that way. I do think that we can slow the tracks down. But right. as for Supercross, though, we use the entire floor anyways. And then if you make the Supercrosses any much any much more tighter, then everybody's going to be complaining about, hey, there's no passing. We can't pass this, that. The fans are going to be pissed, <laughs> but there's no passing. And so Supercross is kind of what Supercross is. But I totally ag uh, agree with outdoors. It needs to be slowed down. Yeah, yeah. We're going to pay some bills here. Uh, United Motorsports, thank you very much. Uh, like I said, we, were, we got to hang out with the crew there from United Motorsports uh, at Nashville. It was a lot of fun. Um, so check them out, unitedmotorsports.com. And remember, use the code TITLE24 
for uh, 10% off site-wide. Check them out. Uh, and if you're around uh, Ohio or Kentucky, they got six locations. You can pop in. You can get yourself a, uh, a, a Boxo, uh, the Boxo USA toolkit, toolbox, whatever you want. Uh, Boxo USA, thank you very much. Uh, they make great stuff, great stuff. Um, they got a cool, really uh, adventure bike uh, roll, roll box, sorry, roll bag that uh, we bring on our adventure rides. They got great stuff. And then of course, uh, quad lock case. So the guys from quad lock came over from, um, Australia. They were in tow this week. We got to eat dinner with them and hang out with them, show them, uh, monster energy, Supercross, And, uh, they were grabbing some stuff from jet Lawrence. Jet Lawrence is a, a quad lock athlete, but uh, great company. I got some new accessories. They make a, a like a magnetic charger RV. It's really cool oh, that sick. way. Cause I live, before this, I was living life on the edge. Like I was always dra draining my battery and like always like 20%. And then they got a little uh, magnetic wallet that you can put your credit cards and stuff in there as well. So, uh, cool. Uh, so that's Thank me. You. See, see, Quadlock, see, Quadlock, quad I, I, you guys sent me a bunch of stuff, but I'm a wallet guy with my phone. So, like, I, I'm now just that way. So I have this. So I will be needing that because oh, dude, I'm a wallet I'm guy with my phone. <laughs> it is it is it is really cool but uh great always great when we get to have our partners at the races and uh like i said use that uh, promo code promo code title 24 and uh get you 10 percent off site-wide and uh we appreciate uh, all our partners so um couldn't do it without you guys night has all been about a championship aboard his Honda HRC machine. Jed Lawrence is the 250 West champion. We tell you week in, week out what a star Jed Lawrence is. Have a look at the company he is keeping. The four-time club, along with Ricky, James Stewart, Ryan Villapoto, 250 career titles. Well, there he is, the 250 West Coast champion. Jet Lawrence, welcome to Title 24. Uh, fantastic job! Congratulations. You've uh, you've had a day day or two to to let it to let it sit and think about it. And how's it feel, champ? No, nah, thanks. Thank you so much. A uh, pleasure to be on. It's an honor to be on here with you lads. Get uh, up with the same guys that's on that list also. But uh, no, it feels it feels good. It's kind of um, the fourth one now. It's kind of like set in a little bit now. It's uh, it's a cool thing. It's like I don't really think till after when they were showing us like the the names that was up there. Obviously, you two guys were up there, um, James, and just to be up there on names, I'm like, damn, <laughs> I'm with some legends up there. It's actually kind of sick. So it kind of took a bit at first because <laughs> at first, okay, so yes, it's another championship. That's that's always good. Um, and like kind of my mind was still like is set on 450 now, like focusing on that because that's like the big the next big uh task for me. And, and it didn't really sink into like a day or so after. I'm like, holy, holy that's actually kind of sick. That's, that's sick ass. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. So, um, no, it's awesome. Yeah, no, that's, that's good to see, man. Congratulations. Hey, I, I got a question. Just jump right into it. Like, I know, what was the hardest championship? I think I heard you say something about maybe this one being the toughest. Once you win them a couple, the first one seems to be hard in a different way. And then you come back and you get a little, it gets a little easier, but I guess the, the last one in, in the 250 classes is kind of on your way out. Do you think this one was harder to win than, than any of the other three? Uh, no, this is probably one of my easiest ones. I would say, I think, um, 
my hardest ones would have my hardest championship out of all four of them I think would have been my first one in outdoors. I think that was the most challenging because my starts weren't that great that year. Uh, and just I was versing Justin Cooper and he was um always up front for his starts, you know. So it was uh, that was probably the most difficult one. I got into a pretty deep slum, you could say, through that uh season twenty one. But since then, I mean, the championships have been fairly, I wouldn't say easy, but fairly decent. I mean, the last, I think, the last two have been the easiest, obviously, with uh, how many wins I've got on both of them. Uh, the second one was still pretty, pretty difficult uh, in Supercross because I got a few wins, but not uh, not every race I won at. I still had, uh, I got lucky in the end with with uh, uh, kind of Macri crashing and RJ having a few bad ones. So, but I, I'd definitely say the last two have been the most easiest. <laughs> Hmm. So okay, good, yeah. you, you're uh, you're an East Coast champ and a West Coast champ. And there's always been a whole bunch of talk like guys are like racing the, the West Coast are like, oh, I like the East Coast tracks better or vice versa. So you being a champion in both coasts, which which coast do you like better and which which coast? Actually, I shouldn't say which coast has the, the more heat, but which coast do you like better as far as tracks go? Um, I'd say I like I think it's East because I feel like. Like, I feel like East Tra- Coast has more of those pretty cool name tracks. Obviously, you have the two speedway tracks that you don't get on West. Um, you get, uh, I mean, and I feel like they're a lot more technical and rutted, uh, especially Indianapolis this year. I mean, that was one of the most yeah. rutted ones. I mean, we had Oakland this year that was pretty pretty rutted in the rhythms and got uh, pretty beat down, which was, like, close to an East, East Coast, but... As far as kind of known name like stadiums or like kind of excitement around us, I mean, more so Anaheim one. Mm. That kind of uh, was like the big name one for like the West Coast side of things. And then after that, it's kind of like they're all this, not like they're, they suck. It's not like they suck. They're just like there's not much hype around them as much as like Daytona, Atlantic. It's a speedway. It's something different. Besides, like, yeah, the Triple Crown's obviously uh, – sorry, the East-West shootout's obviously exciting, and that sucks. You have both coasts, but I'd say East Coast. I like the East Coast tracks the most because it's more technical. You get rutted, track gets beat down where you have to uh, have to be thinking the whole the whole race. You can't just go brain dead and just keep on hitting the same rhythm. You actually have to think of, okay, when's this line going to break down? Okay, I have to change this rhythm. I have to go 2-3 instead of going 3-3 three, three or whatever it was. So – I'd say East Coast, more my favorite, I'd say. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. You definitely have to stay on your game when the track breaks down. I'm sure you've seen some plywood that comes through and really makes the track technical. And as ruts go away, which ones are going to catch your foot pegs and things like that. So it can get pretty sketchy. Like you said, mm. Indy, and Indy was, was insane this year. Yeah, no. And, and the biggest thing is for me as a rider, it was a lot nicer because you could kind of tell whether the rider's good or not, like this year when we had the more rough rutted tracks, like you could say Anaheim was fairly rutted, uh, Oakland was pretty rutted. I don't think anyone else had really rutted ones, but those are two main ones I probably excelled the best on, that I got a decent gap. I think I don't think so much in Anaheim 1. I think then I was just kind of just keeping it calm, but it got technical. You had to be smart. Oakland, I mean, I was cruising for most of it. I still was still kind of gapping the guys out where you had San Diego. I didn't have much of a gap just because there's a lot more tamed down tracks. They didn't have as much dirt. Didn't get as rutted. Uh, from what I remember, Arizona, it was a pretty, pretty like, 
basic track didn't get rutted so there wasn't mm-hmm. like there was a limit to speed so i couldn't kind of go into my kind of corner speed and that stuff or that technique of hey you have to hit this line every single time um the one track that i think the guys were a lot closer to me was at seattle that was really rutted but that's the night i think i rode i rode terrible i missed so many rhythms so but the boys that night i remember they were pretty on it uh jay and mcadoo from what i remember yeah they were uh they were certainly feeling feeling pretty spicy and do you mm. do you ever feel like your your competitors race you harder than they race the other competitors just because you you've had so much success and you know mm. everyone we're always talking about you do you ever do you ever get that feeling uh 100% I've, i i notice it like pretty clear as day <laughs> i mean um <laughs> I can I can see just watching on on videos of they of sometimes they kind of their passes it's a little bit more aggressive. Uh, I think to everyone else's eye they don't really pick up to a race. You can see there's that little bit of extra like oomph about that pass. So I mean, and that and to me that doesn't bother me too much because I know for me it's a good sign. It's like oh I'm obviously doing pretty good then for them to try to be a be a bit more mean with their pass and that stuff. And for me, I still look at that like kind of yeah okay but i'll still try and pass them clean because i know that wrecks a person mentally if someone passing them clean and dropping them yeah no for sure i think you you know being in your position you have a target on your back and it's really really big you know after knocking down this many wins and going into your fourth championship and clinching that like you're the target on your back is big and it's sometimes it's you know it's it's a good and a bad thing yeah no for sure and i like johnny's obviously said that because johnny said even kind of coming into as a rookie in 2020, because I didn't get probably as much hype as you could say, like as a Hayden D like this year, but I had a little bit of kind of a small bit of hype, you could say after Monster Cup winning that and kind of coming out of nowhere. And I naturally had a little bit of a target on my back then because I was such a young kid. I was 16. So obviously the older guys, they want to get beaten by a 16 year old. So they would race me a little bit harder, but definitely the last few years, you could kind of feel that target on your back, but, I mean, if I had it there or not, I don't think it, uh, we kind of, I it doesn't phase me at all, I could say. I mean, it's, you could say I have it there, but when, once I'm on the track, I don't see that. I see where I, what I need to do, and that's what I, I need to make sure I need to execute what I'm seeing. Hey, what was the hardest thing for you to learn in Supercross? Like at the, the first year in 2020, you know, you're making some mistakes, but what, what was the hardest thing for you to overcome to where you're like, okay, Supercross is completely comfortable for me? Um, I would say that I like, I think definitely the last few years, it's, you could see that, but it took me a bit to go kind of realize like, Hey, I don't have to go like a hundred percent to like go fast. So I was trying to do like almost qualifying yeah. laps in a main event where it's like, no, you're not like, and trying to keep those lap times. And then in the qualifying, I was trying to go even faster where, whatever would happen, I was kind of getting out of control and dropping back and kind of doing silly mistakes that I just didn't, I didn't have any experience of. So I was kind of learning throughout the way in 2020 and it ended up costing me at Anaheim too. I kind of got the faith, like, uh, sorry, got the muscle memory of, hey, I wanted to go faster, so I'd lean back. Yeah, there, and, you, there you go. You see it. Walk us through yeah, this. Right yeah, here. Okay, you already see here, I'm just already leaning back, trying to get the thing to drive. We missed some, but those whoops weren't as, weren't as, gnarly they were kind of small where these ones i just kind of came in with not as much speed as i normally do and i got back and there normally i kind of ride them out with missing a whoop but 
we uh we missed one and missed a a, a whole one whole week with a with both wheels. Normally I just miss with the front wheel and then we're okay, but this one we missed we missed a whole week with both of them. And I just ended up just having to learn this. Hey, like it's a even still now I miss a whoop every now and then just of kind of what how I get kicked in that stuff. But uh, back then when I'd get miss a whoop, I'd go back even further. So then I'd end up kind of just clipping one at top and then going low again. Where now it's kind of like you just will tap the thing like it's a normal jump and stuff like that. Where you just I think you just learn. I learned over time. But the most biggest thing is just calming down, relaxing. And what we would say is not riding like an amateur. If you watch a amateur rider nowadays, they're very energetic. You, uh, they see, look now, like, you just, now you just bummed out the amateurs, dude. Yeah, like, I mean, they're, they're, for, uh, we would call them Instagram clips almost because it looks sick for Instagram, like an editor scrubbing this hard, doing this, you look fast. But, I mean, if you look at Hunter and I, we don't look that amazingly fast. But if you look at the lap times compared to other guys, it's the same or if not better because it's more for us it's more in motion it's more smooth it's not so erratic we're not we're just doing what's needed not to go over and above almost yeah no i mean watching from old footage like that you you know make a mistake in the whoops i can remember i think we're at milestone i don't remember if you were there but i think hunter was getting ready for for his supercross season the very first one and and we were out there there's a pretty big set of whoops and i was like number one thing dude keep your finger one finger on the clutch in the whoops. Cause that is your state. What your only option in the whoops after, if you make a mistake is it's if you tough. don't have your finger on the clutch is to give her more gas. You can't let off in that situation. Right. So mm. I think that's a, I think I see you do that a lot. Keeping your, your index finger on the clutch because that is your, your call that's it like safety, safety net. net. Yeah. yeah safety I, net. Uh, if track wheel spin or, you know, you miss yeah. one, you can recover. And I actually, it's funny you said it. So a lot of the times whenever I actually will tap through whoops, like in the middle of them, if if everyone, if anyone has a, like a video of it, it would be cool if they have a slow because whenever I'm like middle of the whoops and wheel tap, I'll pull my clutch and when it hits it. So I make sure that front drops to hit that next whoop. But um, it's crazy because I see a lot of guys running no, uh, no finger on the clutch. I'm like, dude, I can't do whoops without it now. I mean, and a bad habit, I, when I first went um, – in 2020, when I do the whoops, a lot of time I kept slipping the clutch <laughs> mm. right before every whoop. I'd go and just spike it a bit, and it almost end up worse because I'd go uh, like end up making it spin, especially on like West Coast when it was a lot harder whoops. I end up creating a habit before every whoop. I'd just kind of lightly flick the clutch and like get the wheels spinning faster because I was in fifth then, <laughs> and end up almost being worse. Where like now. I won't touch it through the woods, but then if I want to jump out or something, you just spark it a little bit to sort get out. Yeah, it makes total sense, right? That was one thing. I think Dazzy was there and he's like, well, you know, give us one, just one tip. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. If you watch James, you know, he's obviously one of the fastest guys in the whoops a lot of times, but he has also had some major crashes. And in mm. my, in my opinion, my theory is the only option he had to do was give her more gas because there was no safety net. Cause he rode without his finger on the clutch in the whoops. Yeah. No. I, yeah. That's for I sure. couldn't imagine. I, I was a no clutch guy through the whoops, but yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine going through the whoops and holding, holding your finger on the clutch as well. Like, dude, I'm just holding on to the handlebars. So I don't crash. <laughs> we like, there's a lot of things like, Oh, we'll never really. I'm very like, only times I have my fingers 
I, I quite most time I have my finger always on the clutch. I really? Think. But a lot of the time, just like with anything, because like with seat bouncing out of a, uh, like coming say out of a turn and super cross, you got a three at the very bottom of the thing. I'll flick my clutch just to like so then that engine on the two fifty side of things. A four fifty, I don't think you have to do it as much. I'll probably still do it a bit just because muscle memory, but just so that engine doesn't die down so much in the GS, but it kind of really re-sparks it a bit to really get that uh, grunt out of it. But mm. I always have both both uh, pointer fingers on uh, front brake and clutcher, even in turns always. Uh, front, on front brake, I'll take it off through rhythms and that stuff because a lot of times I don't really need it in, in the rhythms, but landing into a turn naturally just comes on. Hmm. So you've... Uh... You've become, you joined the uh, four-time club with myself, RV, and Stu is with, with four uh, 250 titles or 125 titles back in, back in my day. Um, looking ahead, how excited are you to, to go to the 450 class and what are your expectations uh, in, the, in the motocross championship? Um. Uh, I mean, you could lie and say I don't have expectations, but always here's a Come on, don't be shy, Jet. Let's hear it. Here, give you it one on one right now. Hit it. Hit us with yeah, it. Yeah, you have you have where you want to be. So I mean, I'm excited, uh, and obviously you got to see a little bit of nations of what I could do on a 450. Um, and little flex. That's a little flex right there, RV. That's right. <laughs> um, but then again, it's like the day before at nations, it was on dry, and I could do those guys' lap times, but. That was with four weeks of 450 before it, I think it was. And I think after I got to, after Nations, I got to spend six weeks. And we found out that the more time I spent on the actual 450, the even faster I got. So after Nations, I got even more, like even faster from what I did at Nations. Just because I had more time on the bike and just got more in sync with it. So I'm obviously, as myself, I want to, and going off 250, knowing where I am, I, yeah, I went out, I was, okay, I have to win. That's what I'm meant to do. And 450s, I wouldn't say I have to win, but that's the kind of fun thing about being a rookie. You kind of, you get away with, okay, yeah, if you get a fifth and that stuff, I mean, it's okay. But I think because of nations, I don't get that much <laughs> at all. So I think, uh, <laughs> I hope, I, I honestly hope to be podiums, to be honest. I feel like I'm capable of that easily because when you look at it, uh, We've done kind of went down the data of last year 250 uh, through outdoors to 450. I mean, when Chase and uh, when Chase and Tomac were out front, they were kind of pushing each other, and a lot of, it was hard to tell because a lot of the race that those two guys were pushing himself the whole moto, and I was out front. It was kind of the moment where the hunter got a bad start, so I was cruising and that stuff. It ended up being like 16 seconds behind, I think it was. Where so we're putting that to our frame in our training days the past few weeks with Hunter and I and a lot of times we'll do a 40 minute moto and a lot of times it'll be like I've been 18 seconds in front of Hunter kind of varies and that stuff but obviously it's different because the track is deeper so obviously it pulls the bike down so obviously there's so many more things in the spec but we've been doing some data some research and that stuff and we can't say I should be somewhere around there but I'm uh, I'm hoping to be up there battling with the guys because I can tell you now I'm not going to be learning anything from Chase, obviously, it's a sad thing. Tomac got injured, so I was looking forward to learning from him because that's kind of like one of our legends from that I get to race now where, I mean, I feel like I can speak for a lot of riders to get either race you, Ricky, 
in your last year or RV in your last year to kind of get that chance as a rookie to learn from one of them legends. It's kind of like, for me as a writer, I'm like, oh, I would have loved to learn that because they have so much more experience than I do. And obviously they have the stats to back it up. So, I mean, I would have loved to go to race uh, Eli, but I guess I get to learn some more stuff off of uh, Chase. I think maybe Dylan Ferrandez also and, and a few other guys out there, but I'm looking, looking for podiums mainly podiums and and just kind of see where i have see where i am in the first four rounds and then if it's going good maybe we switch it up a bit change the plan but we'll uh, we'll see how it goes so hey switching gears real quick both both you and i are partners with uh quad lock and uh i'm thinking of a little quad lock strava challenge and um osho's doing a little side hustle with me he's preparing me for a couple of lines <laughs> and I want to do a quad lock Strava challenge with you in the off season. Got to get through, got to get through the SMX uh, championship first. So after that, the longest climb that you, you can think of, we need to, we need to have a bro off. You want to take that challenge? Yeah, you would, you would pick the longest <laughs> climb because you know, I'm good on the short stuff. Huh? I mean, duh. I mean, I mean, of course. I already right? know what cl- I already know what climb you're thinking of over in Johnny's area. I already know the one because he said you love that climb always. Um, it's, it's my favorite one. You want you want a piece on that or what? What's the name hey, of it, I'll Ricky? Give, I'll give you a shot. I'll give you a try. It's Mathis. I'll be nice. You know where Math RV? You know? Oh, see now, hey RV might want to get in on this. Uh, I'll Mathis. get on, on the uh, yeah. I'll get that on the e bike, bro. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> Ryan's gonna be on the e bike. Maybe I'll, oh. I'll get, I'll, we'll team up on you. I'll get uh, RV to tow me into it, maybe. There you go. There you go. I uh, I would challenge you in golf, but I am absolutely horrendous at golf. And how, how was your score today? It was horrible. I mean, it, it wasn't the greatest either, so who knows? We could be a good match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh so you didn't keep track? No, we kept we kept track today. We just don't want to say the number because it was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was not good at all. all, right, all right, so how many not, balls did we bad, lose that? How many yeah. balls? We didn't did lose a lose? lot of golf balls. Surprise! Ah. We didn't lose a lot of golf balls. We lost, I think, two, two golf did balls. You, but how many times we had a did lot you top of, like, Pardon? How many times did you top it today? Oh, that's that was our biggest problem was topping it. I would swing. <laughs> I kept like lifting up. It was so bad. So was, there was a lot of like safe shots everywhere. Like of just topping it, then like running out to like the start of the fairway and then hitting again. So it um, wasn't the best, wasn't the best. My golf game is based off how many balls I lose. And if I lose a uh, <laughs> box of balls, <laughs> that's my score count. I don't even keep track of there. I oh, just yeah. keep, oh, I'm, out, I'm out of balls, boys. Oh, I, <laughs> I say you know when to finish. All right, boys, yeah, right, yeah back to the clubhouse for a drink. I'm done. <laughs> uh, Jet, we, uh, we appreciate you coming on Title 24. Um, you've done a great job. You're a great ambassador for the sport. Congratulations on... Four small bike championships, um, being East-West champion, two-time outdoor champion. Best of luck going into the Pro Motocross Championship. And you guys, uh, you keep doing you, man. You're a, you're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you're great for the sport. You're a great role model. And uh, we appreciate you for joining us today. Yes. No, thank, thank you guys heaps. It's been a pleasure coming on here. Hopefully, uh, maybe give me another couple of years. And on 450, hopefully we get up there with your guys' records on that. Maybe we'll see. But uh we're gonna keep working at it, and hopefully we get uh, get my name up there with you guys and Eli and that on some maybe some women's, but we'll see, we'll see. Hopefully it goes good. Keep at it with Osho, and we should be there one day. You bet, you bet. Good luck this weekend. I don't doubt it. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Man, what a uh, what a great combo uh, with, with Jet. Man, he's just uh, he's so lighthearted, right? It doesn't even seem like he's stressed to me. No, he's a lot of fun. You know, I guess that's what the, you know, watching him, I could definitely say I'm jealous of him. You know, like I should have been more like him. It's like be more like Jet. You know, or was it was it what was the quote with uh, Michael Jordan? Be like Mike. Let's be like Jet. Yeah. You know, that's that's the jam. I think that's what everybody should, uh, you know, try to replicate. You know, it seems like they're doing a phenomenal job. Right. You, you, uh, you think he, you think he gets it done this weekend and beats his brother at the showdown or what, what do you think? You know, I, 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 I do think, I mean, obviously we, as we know, it comes down to a start and I think if they're both up yep. front, I would love to see them both duel it out. Right. Um, they're both going to play it smart cause they're both getting moved. You know, he's going to move up to four fifty, uh, and doesn't want to jeopardize anything there, but I think they'll race each other really hard. You know, they training partners during the week. So, um, they know each other like the back of their hand, I bet. So they can race very close. You know, it's, you know, you know, it's crazy. And I don't know how many people know this, but you know, he's talking about the 450, and you could tell he's being, you could tell he's holding back, right? I feel like he's more confident what confident than what he led led to believe. And he gave us a little flex there with the uh with the MX of Nations comment, but he's been on that 450 since before Daytona and he only rides the 250 when he goes to the race. So that's just to show you how much the guy has been prepping. Isn't it crazy? Like he's been on the 450 for what, three months now. And so I think he's going to be more than ready. Uh, I do too. I think that those guys are probably going to be, um, I don't know if in trouble is the wrong word, but I think they're going to have to deal with him, you know, uh, uh, most of these races. And, and I think, you know, it's a bummer to see Eli, like he was bummed that Eli's hurt. And I think the, the, what I look at is it's, it's jet moving in at the air is changing and Eli's on his way out. I think that's probably the one thing from me looking at Hunt or uh, Jet and and Eli, like him not being able to race Eli. Yeah, yes, learn a lot from Eli because he's a veteran, but also just that changing of the guard almost like Eli's on his way out. He'll never get to probably race him. Maybe we'll see. Hopefully Eli gets back um, and they will be able to race. But that would be a cool thing for Jet at you know his age coming in with his stats and then Eli with his age and his stats on the way out, you know, to duel it out. That That would be cool to see. Yeah, it, he talked about too, like uh, Seattle. He was a little off. I mean, you have to guess, and then they couldn't ride press day that because of the rain. So 
He's been, like I said, if he's always riding the 450 during the week, could you imagine going back to the 250 and just mm. the, the only time you ride it is at the race? I mean, I think, I think as an amateur, yes, that's what we all used to do, right? You'd, you'd right. swap bikes, but we never, I never swapped motorcycles at, at this level. So I think, yes, at the, at this level, swapping motorcycles and, and having four all week on a 450 and then and then the weekend on a 250 let alone supercross it's one thing to swap a mo you know for motocross for different bikes because it's it's fast it's wide open it's but you're going from one motorcycle with one discipline to another motorcycle with a whole different discipline which i think is is it's i think it's be easier to go from a four uh, like 250 to a 450 for supercross but he's going down in power and the bikes are completely different with the way the torque is so um, I think that would be a tough transition for on weekends. Yeah. I do. Yeah, certainly. And you've talked about it. Uh, I can't remember what episode it was RV, but it's a testament to just how forward thinking the Lawrence brothers in the, in the, the inner circle and the riding coaches, how, how forward thinking they are and, and preparing, you know, it's almost like, you know, the, the 250 West coast championship, obviously they wanted to win, but the main priority and focus was, was the 450 motocross championship. And, and for our viewers and our listeners, that's, that's what great champions do, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You have to, you know, I think that's where once again, they're changing the game uh, from marketing standpoint to the forward thinking of, uh, to get ready, you know, like you'd never see at this point, even today, like you'd never see, um, a team pull their rider off of off of the championship, essentially, right? Pull it off and move him to another motorcycle, have him get ready for the championship in the future, which is outdoors for him. But they're still obviously expecting him to win, and he's expecting himself to win Supercross too. But that just shows you the the um, you know the 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 belief that everybody has behind this program, and you know they know exactly where they're going. There's no get there's no guessing game over there. No. You're exactly right. Well, I'm glad he gave us this time, right? Yeah, oh, awesome. It's it's phenomenal. Salt Lake City preview. Before we before we show some of our old uh, highlights from Salt Lake City, uh, let's show you what's going on at uh, NBC. Big weekend for motorsports. You got uh, always Thursday SMX Insider with Jason Wygant, Daniel Blair. Check that out on YouTube. And then IndyCar Series is going to Indianapolis Grand Prix. That's at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. And then 4.30 race day live starts on Saturday. Practice and qualifying. Check that out on Peacock. And then, of course, the final round, Monster Energy AMA Supercross at Salt Lake. That's at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And then Sunday, check out SMX Always, the uh, SMX Insider Show. You see it right there, the post show that is where we break down the, what went on with the races. And then check out MotoGP for the Grand Prix of France at Le Mans. It's going to be great. MotoGP is always fun. If you've never been to one, you got to check one out in person. But you can see that on CNBC at 3 o'clock p.m. Sunday. So some great racing. Now, um, RV and I are going to tell you guys some stories. we got some clips of... Uh, our times at Salt Lake City, you already saw one of them, but if we can roll that one again from 2002, it was my first championship uh, on Honda. Really special, uh, really special night. Uh, it had been a long time since Honda had won a Supercross championship. I think the last time they had won was when uh, MC was racing, the king of Supercross. So just fun. You can see the emotion there. That's Jeff Stanton that I'm riding up to. Um, I didn't think I was going to win the championship because I had uh, I had crashed at the season opener, and then I got a gift. Yeah, you can see the podium. We're watching the podium um, and see all the great people that uh, it took to get that. 
uh, I did have an unpleasant time there. And it was the next year in 2003. We got some B-roll there. It's been talked about. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, the deuce deuce getting after me right there. He Ooh. takes it down. Now, we're getting tight in points, Ooh. so all bets were off. Nothing wrong with that. I probably would have done the same thing. I come – this is the finish line. I'm going over the finish line, and I am beyond heated up. I have a little uh, – I have a little conversation with my man, uh, Steve Mathis from Pulp MX. Now this is, this is when he was a factory <laughs> mechanic. <right? laughs> Look at it. Yeah, I'm just saying, man, I love you so much. And I just really <laughs> admire uh, what you do. Um, I think, I think I gave him motivation to get on Pulp, uh, start Pulp MX after that, but no, I was more, more fired up at, uh, he was working for Tim Ferry at the time, a uh, great friend of mine. And uh, <laughs> Timmy had fell because of me and then as i was coming up to to lap him he was blocking me and and just just doing what i thought he shouldn't have but certainly it was heated up so there's some great uh great footage from salt lake city um i didn't big like J right there hey i will tell you yeah you saw big james right there yeah 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 uh, yeah even uh curly i mean jh was uh <laughs> he was he was in there firing people up. I remember Doug from Bridgestone was trying to get JH's hard card revoked, getting him kicked off the uh, premises. But um, that was fun. I did. I, I I will say Salt Lake City has some of the most generous fans. Uh, so gracious. But I didn't like racing there because of the uh, altitude and uh, the mm. bikes were so slow. And those were the two-stroke days, and you touched on it a lot. I mean, imagine how slow the two-strokes are compared to the 450s. Imagine what it was like in, um, in altitude. But let's talk about uh, your story at uh, Salt Lake City. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, good time. Um, I was like, look, watching your bars, man. Your bars were like so far rolled back on that Honda. It was pretty crazy to see your bike setup compared to today. And verse back then, you know, things have come just so far. Mm -hmm. It has. We got uh, we got some um, uh, we got a clip of you, RV, in 2013 yeah, Salt Lake City. Walk us through it, dude. Yeah, man, this was uh, me and Davey. This, I think Davey, one of Davey's best years, was able to get a quick move on Dunge there. But I was, uh, once again, we got to talk about altitude. And uh, Davey was able to move up and was killing me in these set of whoops here just lap by lap, but I was able to hold it together. I will have to say, though, one of the shortest starts I think I've ever raced this weekend here, I think it was like we stayed in uh, second or first gear, whatever we started in. Then we got Bones coming up. There's Mikey, my mechanic. Um, I think my dad's down on the floor, too, here soon. Um, Rick Ash right there, he was our engine builder, you know, so – um, yeah, man, I, super short start, super nerve wracking coming in because literally we were, we never got out of second gear and it was a hard left-hander and I just wanted, I mean, Davey that year was unbelievable, right? So kept me on my toes, um, that entire race. And if he would have ended up passing me there, it would have went down to, I believe the last round. Um, I, cause I don't think that was the last round there. I think it was still Vegas. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but no, like overall, it was there? a good weekend. Did um, you like racing there? So it definitely could feel the bike, but we were feeling injection already, and you know things had come a long ways. I don't believe I ever raced a two fifty or a two fifty F at uh, anything at altitude other than Colorado, which is outdoors. Um, so for Supercross, you know, it makes a bigger difference with carbureted, right? So when we everybody moved up to fuel injection. 
Um, it was a, it was a big leap in, in technology for the motorcycle. So being able, they were able to go there. Then we were pretty, pretty soon everybody's gotten a, a road race guy, right? A road race electronics guy that's coming in. Like Theo was our guy that pulled him from road racing, plug it in, adjust it all on the computer. Um, you know, so that was big, big leap for, for motorcycle or for super, supercross racing, um, especially at altitude for, for, for our sport, which made it a lot better. Yep. Yep. No doubt. Well, dude, it's been great. We had the, uh, 250 West Coast champ on. Jet's always fun to talk to. Uh, we always, always. Broke it down for everyone on uh, on the 450 side. We beat that one. See, we can't beat it anymore. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, it. Uh, mm. I don't know. You never, you never know. You, you don't expect anything too wild this weekend in Salt Lake, do you? I don't. You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we kind of know what's happening, right? We yep. it's uh, it's pretty much already wrapped up. But I, I want to see. Honestly, I'm looking for. I'm going to say it again. I've said it before. The the post interviews after podium or at podium speeches and the emotion that I'm seeing out of Barsha, Eli, um, AC and uh soon to be chase probably right i yeah. really love to see that you know it's like coming up on his first year i want to that's for me that's oh. what i'm looking forward to this weekend is this this coming weekend is to see when chase wraps it up the emotion side of of it because it's such a huge huge thing and i love to see it because i never did it and um that's what it feels like folks anybody that's watching supercross those are the emotions that are in internally that if we can't get them out um that's what it is all right. Well, we appreciate uh, everyone watching and listening. Uh, we appreciate our partners, United Motorsports, Foxo USA, and Quadlock. Thank you guys very much to uh, everyone who watches and listens to Title 24. You can uh, check in. Make sure you subscribe, you like, you comment, send those questions into uh, Instagram. Um, and we will uh, we'll pick a favorite winner and, and the question of the week each week. Uh, make sure you check it out on um motorsports on nbc youtube page all your favorite podcast sites and uh, we appreciate the support um, it's been a lot of fun and always remember it's on demand on peacock so you can go on the peacock app and check uh check out rv and i so um yeah we appreciate all the support and uh we'll see you guys next week across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.